gets inside, leans in, knocked away and stolen by Holiday. Now up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. To Curry, way down top. This the dagger. This kind of sick. Zion's gonna want out soon. Here's the thing, I don't think the front office of that organization, of that New Orleans organization, knows what the heck they're doing. What can I say? Mamba out. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Josh Phoenix, and today, do I have a lot to talk about? We have injuries to talk about. I have a few important announcements I gotta get to, but the amount of trade stuff going on right now, trade rumors and trade reports coming out, is absolutely mind-blowing and something you guys do not want to miss, so stay tuned for that. If this is your first time being here, uh, thanks for coming. Uh, hang out and just listen to all of my pretty much by sports takes you're gonna find out very soon i am a phoenix suns fan and for anyone that's coming back thanks for coming back we got another day of this remember you catch the podcast on monday tuesdays fridays and saturdays um that's pretty much the basic about the podcast if you're from the podcast you know where to find it it's soundcloud apple po- uh, apple podcast google podcast our heart radio tune in um, all those different places, YouTube and IGTV coming very, very soon. Remember, guys, you know where to find us on social media. You know where to find Cords of Heat on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all those wonderful places. Twitter.com slash Courtside Heat, Instagram.com slash Courtside Heat NBA, Facebook.com slash Courtside Heat. Um, and that's pretty much the main ones. YouTube, go into YouTube, desktop or mobile, I do not care what we all prefer. And put in courtside heat because we upload every Monday, Thursday, and Saturday for our 2K content. Our NBA clips are pretty much every single day. Whenever there's something huge happening in an NBA, we are covering it there on our YouTube page. Uh, the podcast also gets scheduled and sent out on YouTube, so keep your eyes open for that. So if you want to be on YouTube, you got YouTube Premium, you just want to bypass those commercials, and you want to just bypass uh, regular platform podcasting platforms, then I would highly suggest you use YouTube for sure. And real quick, guys, I have a really cool announcement coming up. Everyone seemed to like the first free streams that we did. So, coming back to y'all, I have the Celtics match game and the Grizzlies-Kings game. That is going to be live streaming on YouTube. Live scoreboard to keep up. It is just going to be live entertainment where you guys can keep up with the stats and the score and everything else like that. All ready to go. We've done now with so many other games. And you guys just seem to come in, ask them your questions, just start a conversation. It's just most important watch the game. It's very, it's very, very fascinating how many people would actually just click there and actually just watch these live streams. So that's very encouraging. And I have polled many of you guys and asking, would this be something you guys want me to do? Is this something that you guys would be interested in? And a lot of you guys said yes, so today we're going to be coming back with that. We did stream six days ago for MLK Day. Now, today we're going to be doing um, those two games. Remember, it's the Celtics Magic game and the Grizzlies King game. Uh, the Grizzlies Kings game is at 8.30 p.m. Arizona time. Celtics match game is at 5 p.m., so do not miss that. I would highly recommend against that. So if you guys cannot get that for your provider or through an app, I would just click on my social media, uh, preferably Twitter, because that's going to be where it's going to be at. Click on that link and go to YouTube, or just search Courtside Heat, one word or three words, however you want to do, Courtside Heat, on YouTube, and you'll be able to see us live streaming right there. It's really cool. 
it's just two, uh, two, the maybe three hours, depending on how the game goes, of just really cool content. So do not miss that. You guys will be bummed out if you do. So those are my major, major announcements. Um, YouTube channel, already know about it. Live streaming, already know about it. And it'll be on the uh, website too, courtsheat.com, for all the live streaming information and just clicking on the link for the podcast and all that stuff. And you guys already know about social media. So with that being said, let's jump right into our next segment. Breaking news around the league. We have a lot of news to cover. I don't know why we have so much news. Well, that's rhetorical because this league is still stinking huge. And that so much information comes out before February 9th. Which is only a few weeks away. That is like less than three weeks away. That is the NBA trade-on, so keep that in your brain. And to kick off this NBA trade-on season, this episode, let's talk about the Hornets. Let's talk about Gordon Hayward right now. And this should really not come as a surprise to any of you about Gordon Hayward and the Hornets. Gordon Hayward, who received a huge contract, who got $30 million a year just to play injured, is now facing the possibility of getting traded, which is actually very, very realistic. You've heard names like Gordon Hayward, Terry Ogier, Kelly Oubre. I'm actually kind of surprised they're listening for offers on to, uh, Scary Terry, but Gordon Hayward, 100%, they're just trying to see what they can do. They're just trying to see, okay, so we have veterans on this team. What can we get for them? We're first, we're twelve and thirty-four on the season, and now they're just trying to look for the look for the upcoming twenty twenty-three NBA draft lottery. They're trying to see what kind of ping pong balls they get, and they really do not want to have to pay continue to pay this huge contract of Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward's owed thirty million this season, and next season's thirty-one and a half million. He pretty much throughout his entire Charlotte Hornet tenure, he has been suffering injuries, and this even goes back far back, like the twenty seventeen when he suffered the opening night injury with the Boston Celtics. I find it very interesting. Guy who's just been plagued with injuries. Guy Marozier signed a four-year, uh, $96.3 million contract extension uh, uh, before last season. And the problem is, he just do not want to be paying him $24 million per season. While he's a good player, he's a veteran, and they're going to try to see if they can start to tank. That's what it's pretty much about. They're going to see if they can tank a bit to get better positioning for the draft, draft lottery and for the draft overall. So that's where we're at with the Hornets. And I'm not surprised by that. Let's let's be honest. We knew Gordon Hayward was going to be going. Um, I'm not, I feel bad for Gordon Hayward because he is a solid basketball player. But injuries for the past five, six years have just been killing him. And the Hornets just cannot put up with that anymore. I will be having... Uh, those trade outlines. I will be having some of those mock trades coming out. Not right now, but within the next few days. Pardon me. I'm going to try to get that going. But I don't think it will be hard to get rid of Gordon Hayward, the basketball player. Now, financially, sometimes you have to offset, so that's going to be a little more daunting. So the Hornets couldn't ask for too much in return because if they would, well, it gets a little tough. It gets a little tough. Because you're asking a team to give up one of their good players or a good pick in exchange for a veteran player who's been ridden with injuries and on a horrible contract. It's just not a good deal for anyone. So the Hornets are going to have to bite the bullet, take their loss, and just move on. And hope they get a good pick out of it or just some compensation in return for their horrible investment. Um, 
pretty much how I chalk this up to be, and I'm pretty sure a lot of you guys can uh, resemble to this, especially when you guys thought it would have been a good idea to invest in during the pandemic when we're on lockdown because um you had nothing else to do and you're bored. It's like um making a really bad investment. You see a, a company make a really bad investment and you try to think, well, wait a minute. Even though they gave that bad investment, let's just put something into it for a few years. Let's put some stock into it for a few years. And let's just see how it plays out. You gamble and you lose. Like, you never give. Okay, it's like, okay, here. You don't give a depreciating asset. And that sounds weird that I am pretty much comparing him to a failing company or to a just to a car right it's all that cars are pretty much but you pretty much have this depreciated asset as continuing getting worse you make a bad investment on it so you put more money into it and then what are we expecting your end result to be something different something to change to where it's an appreciating asset no no it's always going to be depreciating it's always going to be decreasing in its value and sadly, the value and the production of Gordon Hayward has gone down dramatically and has cost the uh, Hornets a lot of money. And yes, I, I did just compare this 32-year-old to a car. I am very self-aware of what I've done. And I, I, I don't know if I made everyone else uncomfortable, but that's fine. Um, As you guys can tell, I'm just going to stick to basketball because... I'm not a very smart guy outside of basketball, so I'm going to stick with the one thing my brains can go to if I'll get fried. But all joking aside, that's pretty much where we're at. You had this depreciating asset since 2017. You saw, okay, it maybe it could come on a rebound and it could increase its value. Maybe it can increase its production when it goes to a different team. Maybe the injury bugs over. Maybe it just goes to this different team in this different atmosphere with different doctors and training and all this stuff. Things will be different. Not only has it been different negatively, but his production has decreased. The team is giving up on him. He's a veteran. He's 32. He's not going to be getting any better. And that's been evident since he was with the Celtics back in 2017 on that opening night when he had that gruesome, gruesome injury. We've seen it way too many times. I've seen it way too many times. So I understand why the Hornets are willing to trade and preparing to potentially have to trade Gorn Hayward. They're going to have to bite the bullet. They may have to take some of that cash back. They may have to say, we have to take some of that money back because it's not working out financially for the other team. But we need still need compensation of a second round pick like in 2025 because we have this bum on our team. Not saying that he's a bum as a basketball player, but you have a bum of a contract and you have a bum of an injury-ridden player. I have no idea if that makes sense, but I'm rolling with it. I'm rolling with it. Now, speaking about the Hornets, there are some ups and downs with this Hornets team. Gordon Hayward, that is a down. The up is P.J. Washington. And right now, the Hornets are interested in re-signing P.J. Washington. Why? Because with Jalen McDaniels and Bridges floating around because McDaniels is an unrestricted free agent come this summer and Bridges, who stands still up in the air because of him being a whole human being. I'm not going to rant about that again. I've done that many times on Twitter and many times on this podcast. I'm not going to do it here. I, I don't want to give this bum any more uh, airtime than where I am, but I'm going to talk about him anyways. So you have Miles Bridges and Jalen McDaniels. Their future with the organization is up in the air. Because there was many speculate many speculating, oh, maybe the Phoenix Suns, until that got shot down, could be getting Jalen McDaniels. And I didn't see that to be the most plausible situation, the most plausible scenario. I couldn't see the Suns just going for Jalen McDaniels. I couldn't see that really working out. There were some qualities there, but too many cons, in my opinion. I think Jalen McDaniels would be better suited re-signing with the Hornets or going somewhere else in my professional, unbiased, but a little bit biased opinion. And Miles Bridges, I don't know. He's a good basketball player. He's not a good person. 
But he's a good basketball player, so it depends what the league does. The league's probably just going to slap him with a fine and suspend him, and that's pretty much it. That's the only slap on the wrist he's going to be getting. Is a temporary slap on the list for like 30 games. Goody can vacation for that time. I don't know. It's not like he's got like an ankle monitor and he can't leave the house. No. So, whatever. So, the Hornets do have interest in re-signing uh, P.J. Washington. And I've always liked P.J. Washington. I saw it. That he was good. And he's having some great games for that. He's having a career high. It's like. It's, he's been nothing but good. In 46 games so far this season. He's played 15 points. 44.6% from the field. 4 rebounds. And 2 assists. That's not bad in 32 minutes per game. And this has been a very. Injury winning team. No amount of ball. He has to pick up the slack. Kelly Oubre is hurt. Terry Rozier has been on and off. Uh, Gordon Hayward, we know he's been on and off, who's just coming off a 9-point performance. But Peter Watson is coming off a 23-point performance with 6 assists, 6 rebounds, 8 of 14 from the field in 37 minutes. Like, his fast, past 4 games, he's been playing 37 minutes. That is pretty incredible. He's playing almost the entire game besides like 11 minutes. Understand that. So I like P.J. Washington. I've seen the 24-year-olds really, really good. I liked them when he was in college. I liked them now, like when he was drafted with the 12th overall pick in the 2019 NBA draft. I like him. He's not bad. He's really, really, really good in my opinion. So I, I, I hope that the Hornets are able to resign him. But if not, I know many teams in this upcoming summer market are going to be on the lookout for him because... He is an unrestricted free agent, but Charlotte can make Washington a restricted free agent this summer by tendering him a $7.99 million qualifying offer, so an $8 million qualifying offer. So if they do that, that automatically makes him a restricted free agent. It's how I understand it. So the team that puts the offer in on him the, the Hornets can match. If not, then that player, then P.J. Washington, goes to that team. That's how That's how I could best describe it. Now, some guys are a little bit cheaper. Some guys are a little bit more expensive. P.J. Washington, a million offer. A tender, tendering qualifying offer. Only eight million. It's probably going to get hooked up for a lot more, but still cheap. My guy, Jacob Plow, who we've been talking about on this show for a while now, is reportedly, and I believe this is by Mark Stein, very good reporter, very good reporter. He's an insider that really rarely misses, so I would go follow him. But Jacob Plow is reportedly looking to receive $20 million per season in his next contract. Gutsy that he's asking for that much, but for the market at which he's in, I'm not surprised. He wants to receive $20 million per season. He's currently in the final year of a three-year $26 million deal. The Spurs are looking to hold on to Plout. But, I can see him trading. But they're trying to pair him and Victor Wamiyami. That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to make that... They're trying to make that duo work. They're going to try to get Victor, trying to get Jacob, trying to make that work. So, would spend $20 million work? We got rid of DeJounte Murray. Probably going to get rid of a few other pieces. All right, DeJounte's gone. Lonnie Walker's gone. Right now, you're like, okay, let's see what we can do with a 27-year-old. However old he is. How old is uh, Jacob Plow? Uh, Fact-checking because he is... I want to say like 27, 29. I think 27. Yeah, he's 27 years old, 7 foot 1. Like, I, I, I like Jake Plow. He's not bad. He's actually very skilled. He's actually a really good center, but he plays for the Spurs, so no one's really able to get a good look on him unless you really watch Spurs games, and that just pains me to death. So, I don't watch Spurs games. But, 
when I do see Jacob Plowd's name coming up, I do know his talent. Because I have watched him play, not, not just in highlights, but in full games. And I can tell you, he is a good center. He is a good big man. He's 7'1". And does he deserve $20 million? Maybe. But the way that contracts are working out in sports, a guy being worth $20 million per season is actually not a lot. Given by many standards, it's so in the real world, $20 million per year, um, that is generational wealth. That is continuous generational wealth. Like, I would not know what to do with $20 million per year or just $20 million in my lifetime. But in the NBA world and sports world, $20 million per year, that's like, okay, that's cool, but could I get more? If you get paid $1 million per year, oh, that's like you're just getting ripped off. Right? So it's just different. So do I think it's worth $20 million per season? Maybe. It's not, he's not a bad player, right? He's averaging 12 points and 9 rebounds and 3 assists per game. Almost a double-double. He's getting 63% from the field. So, I think he would be. It's just how much do they want to invest in him. And I say that's what you have to determine. If you say, hey, we're going to go all in, to go all in. Just know the risks that you're running. Because one of the reasons why they're trying to keep him is because Victor Wamiyami. They're trying to get the first overall pick because his unicorn's going to go number one. And if he doesn't, then that team is a loser and has no idea in the GM and that team should just be traded, or not traded, but should be fired and then just sold. I don't know. But is Jacob Plow worth $20 million per season? I'll get back to y'all on that. Maybe, maybe not. That's where I'm at. But that's what he's looking at. Report looking to receive $20 million per season in sex contract. And teams are willing enough to give him that. As the Spurs want to retain him, so they're one of the teams that want to pay him that, I guess. Now, I'm going to talk about this. I'm going to shift, so instead of going to the San Antonio Spurs, I'm going to go to the Los Angeles Lakers real quick. Because I find this very interesting. So the Lakers are once again, like last trade on, are looking to acquire Cam Reddish. I know the Bucks name has come the Bucks have come up as a potential suitor, but I also believe that the Lakers are gonna be able to pull off um this trade. And wait till I get what the um Bucks offered Eric Gordon. Offered the uh Rockets to get Aaron Gordon. Y'all be y'all be just like blown away. But we're gonna get we're gonna get there. So the Lakers, once again, like last trade on are looking to acquire Cambridge from the uh, from the Knicks. The only thing the Knicks want in exchange for Reddish is a second round pick. That's all they want, which seems really easy. I, I I don't know if that's all, but that's like the starting price for Cam Reddish. I think they're ready to move on from, and I think that Cambridge Todd. Pardon me, sorry. I think Cam Reddish's time is pretty much over here in New York. And real quick, I just have to check on. He is, I mean, he is still on the Knicks, right? Yeah, he's still on the Knicks. I knew that. I'm supposed to be the insider here. I'm supposed to be a reporter. But yeah, Cam Reddish. Yeah, I think Cam Reddish could be sold for a second rounder. I think that's what he's worth right now. I don't think Tom Thibodeau knows how to utilize him correctly within his scheme, within his rotations. So I think it's time for the Knicks and him to part ways. Because they were having that same problem with Adobe Toppin, just trying to fit him back in when he was coming back from injury. So I think it's time to move on from Cam Reddish. He's a fine basketball player. I think the Lakers could get him for a second rounder. Maybe it would take two second rounders. But I'll give him the pick. I want to be advised. I want to be advising against that. I want to be against that. Now, I just want to talk about the Bucks real quick. And there's multiple things. This involves Jan's Antetokounmpo, and this involves the Bucks from a trade standpoint. Let's get from a trade standpoint real quick. I don't know why 
the Rocks did not accept this offer, but whatever. I, I don't even know why. So the Bucks offer the Rockets four. Yes, four. Quattro. That is four second round picks for Eric Gordon. Why the Rockets don't get rid of Eric Gordon is beyond me. Eric Gordon does not want to stay in Houston anymore. I think he's making that apparent. He's 34 years old. I guess he's averaging 12 points per game, two, two assists, two rebounds, on 43% from the field, but still. I think it's time just to cut loose. Just just cut loose. Like four second rounders, I don't know the years and everything, but come on. You're you're just you get some sleeper players. You get some good quality players in the second round. But who does not want extra draft capital? Who does not want extra draft stock? I just don't get that. And oh, that just that, that, that bothers me. That legit bothers me. But now we've seen this before by the Bucks, where in 2019 the Bucks sent four second round picks to New Orleans Pelicans for Nikola Meritok. So I guess they're trying a similar tactic now. Because the funny part is the Bucks have eight second round picks to offer and trades over the next seven years. So I can see why they're trying to dump some of those off, dump half of those, and boom bada bang, you get Eric Gordon. I just don't know what the Rockets were thinking. Uh, I, 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 I don't know what they were thinking. I, I, I just don't know. So I guess they have bigger plans with Eric Gordon? I, I, I want to understand. I, I really, really want to understand, but... I don't think I'm going to be... I don't think I'm going to be understanding because I, I would I would honestly do that trade. I wouldn't see any issues of doing that trade. If I'm not doing that trade, I guess we're just trying to hold on to him. And I'm trying to pull up Eric Gordon's um, contract because he has to be nearing an end. Yeah, he's an unrestricted free agent in 2024. So this season, the next season. Yeah, so he's two this season, next season. Nineteen million this year, twenty million the following year. Why wouldn't you just get rid of that? Get rid of the veteran extension that you signed him to. Get rid of that. Get rid of all of that. Give it to the box. It's their problem. You get four draft picks. I guess not a first rounder, but four quality second rounders. And then you get your hands off the money. And then you'll be able to have new picks. And I don't know how much of that would be in a dead cap if they trade them. I don't know if they have stuff to pay some of that contract. So I don't know how that works. But let's just say they have the Bucks have to take that over. Let's just say it's like 19 million dead cap. Okay, you're saving yourself 20 million. And you don't have like a veteran player anymore. Because you could do better than just 12 points per game. Trust me. Aren't you guys trying to win games? Winning games has to come more from guys that's not getting you 12 points per game. Has to be a little more than that. So, I, I don't know. I honestly do not know, guys. I'm pretty conf uh, just confused by it. Why they did not accept it. But they really didn't deny it, but they just let it go by the wayside. So, I'm just confused. Now... What I'm not confused about is Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Bucks talking to Adam Silver in the NBA. Why would they be talking to the NBA? Or more, more specific, specifically, why is Giannis Antetokounmpo talking to Adam Silver? Well, Giannis has expressed desire to play in Greece. Pardon me. So Giannis had expressed desire to play in Greece if Adam Silver and NBA are able to set up an international game there. See, I think it would be a really slap in the face to Greece and Giannis, and it would just be fumbling the bag hard if they don't allow Giannis, who's from, who's Greek, 
whose name is the Greek Freak, who's from Greece, who loves Greece. That's his home. That's just his home. Not to play there, that would be bad. You have to um, play there. So if you're going to have a Greece game, like you had one in Paris, you let the guy who's the face of Greece, who Greece knows, and they may only know that basketball player because that's their guy. That's the guy representing their home. There's going to be a lot of emotion. There's going to be a lot of connection. You have to make that happen. Like, there would just be a special connection between the fans of Greece and Giannis. A lot of love. And there will be more viewership for the NBA. So why not do that? The finan Financially, money will go up. Viewership will go up. Um, more exposure internationally will go up. So I would not see why it would be a negative to have Giannis there. In fact, I believe it's a very huge positive. A very huge pro to have Giannis there. So if Giannis cannot play Greece, the man... Or the NBA is the NBA and Adam Silver just messing it up big time. So I thought that was very interesting. But international game there at Greece, you have to be able to do it. You have to say yes. You can't say no. You just can't. Now, look, that's a very easy decision to say no, we're not going to reject our top international player from Greece. That would be very stupid on the NBA's part. Now, what's another easy decision? There's actually two. One's from the Heat, and one's from the Warriors. And I got a sneaky one from the Blazers, but I'm going to get to that in a bit. So the Warriors are unlikely to trade James Wiseman at the deadline. We already know Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, um, Andrew Wiggins. Those guys are untouchable. While they've not publicly announced that, it's pretty well known that they're untouchable. But now, the Warriors are adding James Wiseman, who's been injured, but still a very promising player, who's rehabbing, who I like, is very unlikely to be traded, which is very, very good news. I did not think he was going to be getting traded this uh Trade on, but I guess you never know. I didn't, I didn't know how aggressive teams were being, and maybe they were keeping the lines of communication open. I did never said they're moving them to the untouchable list, but it's very unlikely. So maybe they're still fielding offers. Either way, it's now looking like the Warriors are going to try to get rid of their top big man, maybe behind Kevon Looney. I don't know, but yeah, those. They're going to try to make it work with James Wiseman. Now, I think that is one heck of a good idea. I don't think giving up on Wiseman now, especially who's been injured, who's just trying to make his way back to the core, they should they should not give up on him. Not one bit. I think that would be a monumental failure on their part and something they do not waste a third overall pick on or second overall pick. We, okay, you could have had a metal ball. And you chose James Wiseman. I'm just saying, Anthony Edwards was already gone. But between him and Lamel Ball, and it was actually funny, I remember that whole draft. Um, the virtual draft. They were actually going to pick Lamel Ball until they swapped it over to James Wiseman. So, they can't give up on that now. And that was like in 2020, 2019. When did that come out? When, when did it come out? Was it like 2020, 2020? I think it was like 2020 or 2021. When was he dropped? Like, when was it? 2020. Yeah, so the Warriors. So when Timberwolves, Warriors, Hornets. Okay. So that makes a lot of good sense. So yeah, it just wouldn't make sense for them to give up on James Wiseman. I get it, it's been almost three seasons now, but not three full seasons, but we're getting there. Maybe we're going to try to win our season, evaluate them. They may trade them next trade on, if they cannot gain more progress, or he's just continually getting hurt. But, right now, they're unlikely to trade James Wiseman to that on. Could that be subject to change? Sure, but I'm not counting on it. I, I don't see it, but look, crazier things have happened.
It's also very crazy that the Heat are not looking to trade Kyle Lowry. Who's their point guard? Look, I can see the appeal of keeping Kyle Lowry, but there was a lot of circulation, a lot of rumors happening of the 36-year-old being traded, who has a pretty hefty contract, might I add. So, I guess he's staying. They're not looking to move him. All of his money is guaranteed. He's not an unrestricted free agent until 2024. Gotta remember, he was signed via signing trade. So, the, the Heat are all in on him. They're on this 16-year veteran. They do, not be, they do not look to be changing. They do not want to make change right now. And I can see why. I still mind Kyle Lowry. I thought it was pretty cool when he won the championship with, uh, with Kawhi Leonard back in 2019. Uh, but now he's definitely aged. He's definitely become different. Obviously, that just comes throughout everyone's NBA career, especially when they hit 36. But he's still averaging 13 points a game off the 41% from the field, 4 rebounds, and 5 assists. He's way down right now. Right, but look, it's not it's not the worst. His turns aren't that bad. Sure, he's suffering from all injuries. Look, you're gonna have that. But he's not bad. He's not bad. So I can see why they're not really moving off of him. Because he's just not being chopped and one month ago by Bleach Report. It was being said Kyle Lowry was not being shot by the Heat ahead of Treadon. So I don't think So I don't think that they want to trade Kyle Lowry, but they remain interested in Jay Crowder. So they have intentions of being active in a trade on, but not looking to trade Kyle, but rather trading for Jay Crowder. So and you gotta remember. They've been recently winning games. Like, out of their last 19 games, when some of these reports were coming out, they won 13 of the last 19 games when this was coming out on January 19th. So, there's really going to be no major roster changing moves. There's going to be no big roster changing trades. I think we have to rule that out. And, I think it's very safe to say. That this team, this Miami team, is not going to hesitate greatly on a possible trade for Dwayne Dedman or uh, Duncan Robinson. I think teams, I think they're trying to convince teams to get rid, to just accept Duncan Robinson. He's just not a good basketball player, especially at his contract. But remember, team wants a reunion with Jay Crowder, so just keep your eyes open for that. But that was already known. So, we have the Heat. Let's move on to the Blazers. I was kind of teasing that. And then, I'm going to get to Jonathan Isaac. And I got some uh, sickening stuff if I'm a Raptors fan. If I'm a Raptors fan, I'll be vomiting in the trash can. Get your trash can ready. Get your trash can ready. I'm about to make you vomit all over your office. Or your bedroom floor. Wherever you're listening to that. Uh, so, the Blazers have made Anthony Simons untouchable in trade talks. That is correct. Simons is going nowhere. He is staying for the long run, who's just coming off of a 31-point performance, 12-20 shooting with two assists. It was actually yesterday against the Lakers. You know where the Lakers came back, being down 25 out of half? Very incredible, very incredible. But this is a guy averaging 21 points per game, almost 22 points, free rebounds and forces per game, off a of 44.3% from the field in 36 minutes. He is having career, career nights and a career season. And he's only 23 years old. So it makes completely perfect sense that they're keeping him. And I want to turn for the world. And if you were going to trade him, it have to be at least four draft picks, four, uh, four first-round draft picks, and two promising players. Honestly, that's how good Anthony Simons is right now. I'm, I'm not being honest right now. I'm not just saying that to say. But he's been getting up there in numbers. 2018, okay, in seven minutes, he only had four points. 
But in 2019, okay, wait a minute, let's try 20 points. This could be something. He's played 70 games versus 20 in his rookie season. 8 points, okay. 2020, okay, 8 points again. 2021, 17 points. Oh, wait a minute. Then 44 point in 44 games now, 22 points per game? Really? With 4 assists and 3 rebounds? Why not? He's only 23 with some good experience. And he was a late first round pick out of the 2018 NBA draft. Okay, this is a point guard, shooting guard that is just very well versed, and he's becoming a mini veteran. He's been here for five seasons. This is his fifth season, and he's locked up pretty well under contract. Let me check his contract real quick before I start making statements like that. Yeah, yeah, he's fine. He signed a four-year, $100 million contract extension with the Blazers back in the 2020 offseason. He doesn't become an unrestricted free agent until 2026, so he's well under contract. Very well under contract. So they don't have to worry about anything. So you guys are safe. Blazer fans, you're safe. Like, Anthony Simons is actually a very good basketball player. I love him a lot. Him, Dame Time, all those Nerfect, all those guys. Woo! Cannot go wrong with them at all. So that's some Blazer news right now. Then I want to, and I now want to get to Jonathan Isaac because I find this very motivating, very encouraging, and I applaud the Magic for not giving up on him, even though they could have just got injured compensation and just got rid of Jonathan Isaac because he was out for two seasons, but they didn't. But Jonathan Isaac is expected to make his return to basketball tonight against the Boston Celtics after missing two seasons due to severe knee injuries. Woo! That was tough. He has not played since January 2nd. He has not played since the NBA bubble. He's not played since 2020. And that is just stunning to me in every conceivable way. And guys, remember, uh, Celtics Magic I game, I will be live streaming that here tonight. So do not miss that at 5 p.m. Arizona time. And do not miss that at all. Remember that. Remember that. But yeah, so John Isaac expected to make his return to basketball tonight against the Celtics. I am so, 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 so excited about that. I cannot tell you guys enough. I like Jonathan Isaac. I think he's a good basketball player. That's my professional, unbiased, but a little biased opinion. But this is just amazing news. Not only for the Orlando Magic, but also for Jonathan Isaac. Oof. This is the first time he's going to be playing for the Magic since August 2nd of 2020. He only played two games in the bubble after first injuring his knee on January 1st of 2020. Woo! So he's expected. Monday morning, fans will be given an update regarding his status for the Celtics game. Right now, he's listed as questionable. I have not seen anything come out. In the time of this recording, I have not seen anything come out. So, most likely, he'll be listed as available. However, Orlando has to make sure that there's no setbacks between yesterday night and this morning. So, yeah. The 25-year-old average 12.7 rebounds, 2 blocks, and one steal, one half steals per game in 34 games played during the 2019-20 season. Remember, guys, the Magic are not in a rush to do anything dramatic. They're, in, they're not in a rush to do anything positive either. They're 17-29. Could they turn around their season? Of course. But right now, they're 13th in the Eastern Conference. And right now, the way the East is going, you just need to make it to 10th and you're fine. So, ooh, buddy, wow. So all you need to do is just beat out the Raptors and Wizards and you got yourself and Bulls. You got yourself into the plan. That's actually very, very funny. Wow. It's actually really sad if you think about it. Like, really sad. Anyways. Anyways. That's Jovan Isaac. He's going to be returning tonight, so I'm excited for that. It's gonna be it's gonna be incredible to see his gets first see him get his first bucket. I think it's gonna be on minutes restriction. That's just my guess because you can't throw a man probably like twenty minutes 
or 30 minutes or whatever it would be just in t- of intense basketball after taking two years off to recover from his injuries, severe injuries, might I add. So I could see him having some restricted minutes and just trying to get a feel for the game again. Honestly, that's my opinion. Now, here we go. Are you ready? The Raptors could be trading. So, per Raptors insider Eric Corin, I hope I'm pronouncing his last name correctly, Eric K-O-R-E-E-N. Hmm. Corin, Eric Corin. So, Raptors insider Eric Corin believes that the Raptors will either trade Fred VanVleet or Gary Trent Jr. before the trade deadline. Remember, that's February 9th. So, they've gotten some days. Not a lot, might I add. There's only 17 days left to this trade line. So, yeah, they gotta make some things count. But, I've talked about the Phoenix Suns possibly getting Fred Van Vliet. I've thrown up those trade lines. Go check out uh, those trade mock trades. Go check out my other podcast episodes. I detail that in great in great length. I really do. Because like, I'm not joking. I'm not messing around. I've talked about the Suns a lot. And I've talked about Fred Van Vliet a lot. I've talked about him turning down the Raptors offer and before the season began. I believe that he could be on the move. I'm not saying that for sure. But that's just a gut feeling I have. That if they're not going to settle on money, he's definitely gone. Money in your Sarah contract. They can't sell contractually and then they're going to settle through a trade, and that's going to rupture their relationship if it's not already have through the money dispute and years dispute and stuff like that. I think he could become a Phoenix Sun, but I think he could become a part of a new team very, very, very fast. And that is just my opinion. I'm not saying any of this is fact. But this Raptors insider believes that the Raptors will either trade Van Vliet or Trent Jr. before the trade line. Is it more plausible? Is it more reasonable to see Gary Trent Jr. trade it before, um, before the deadline instead of Van Vliet? Sure. He's only 24 years old right now. He's averaging 18 points per game. But someone has to go... Especially if Van Fleet is trying to get a lot more money. That means they're trying to make some moves, if that's possible. Van Fleet is 28. Do you keep a younger guy? They're averaging around the same stats. 19 for Van Fleet, 18 for him. Four rebounds for Van Fleet. Trent, two uh, assists, six. And then for Trent, one half. So points, really. And then for shooting percentage, Trent's shooting a lot better. But how many shots is he taking? That's the ultimate question. So they're shooting about the same. Shooting about the same. I don't know. So this is very, very up. Like, two, maybe we got... So probably it's a two-way player. He's a playmaker and a scorer. And Gary Trent Jr. is really just an offensive scorer. That's pretty much it. It's just a scorer. In my opinion. In my opinion. But I can see Gary Trent Jr. being traded... I don't know. Like, how do you value these guys? They're both really good. They both suit the team, but if it comes down to money, who goes? Probably Fred Van Vliet. Probably. But, hold on, maybe look at Gary Trent Jr.'s contract. Like, what's he What's he making financially? What's he making? What's, what's he making? He signed a three-year $51.8 million contract with Toronto 2021, and that will carry a cap hit of 18.8 if he opts in for next season. So it's tough. It's tough. I think that Gary Trent Jr. will be traded before Fred Van Vliet. But if Fred Van Vliet gets traded, I hope he comes to the Phoenix Suns. But that is my ultimate, ultimate wish. And I really want that to come true. I want it to come true so, 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 so bad. I can't tell you guys how bad I want that. I can't tell you guys how bad I really want that. So you guys could be losing either one of them. 
you guys as Toronto Raptor fans or just fans of either of these players in general have to make the conscious decision within your heart of who you like more and who you want to be rooting for when they leave or when they stay on your team. And how you respond to the Raptors of Trinity. And who you would want to get in return. I also have those mock trades coming out soon. Not today, but in later days, of course. But again, this is just a Raptors insider that's going off a of God feeling that just believes it for what I'm understanding. Now, this is where it gets worse for the Raptors. To get OJ Anobi away from Toronto, it would take two promising players on a team friendly deals, and a draft pick. So it does not get really worse. But does it? If a team really commits to it, like, okay, we'll give up two promising players on team-friendly deals and a draft pick. Second or first? Preferably a first, probably, but I'm pretty sure I'd be happy to take a second if they actually get two promising players on team-friendly deals. But that that's, I think, the Raptors' kind of way of saying yeah, you could bite it. We're not getting rid of OG and Nobi for anything. Unless you want to give us two promising players on team-friendly deals and a draft pick. That's a lot for OG and Nobi. I'm not saying that it's not. I'm just saying that it is. <laughs> so OG and Nobi is going nowhere for the Raptors. But Fairly or Gary Trent Jr. could be going somewhere. Oh, man. And guys, with that being said, we are wrapping up today's podcast episode. We broke everything down. Oh, this is all the breaking news around the league. We broke everything down that's happening around the league. And to be honest, this is actually a lot of information. From the Raptors, to the Blazers, to the Heat, to the Warriors, to Greek. Hopefully getting back to Greek, or Greece, probably getting back to Greek Freak. If Am Silver allows it with NBA. Full's permission, NBA's full permission. You got the Lakers and Cam Radish. You got the Suns, Jacob Palau. You got all of these guys. A lot of stuff's happening. A lot of your favorite teams are here. Oh my, oh my. Guys, this was today's podcast episode on Monday, on this beautiful Monday morning. Um, whenever this podcast episode is finishing for you, which could be in the morning, afternoon, or evening. Hopefully, not the evening. Hopefully in the afternoon, because remember, we are live streaming the Celtics Magic game and the Grizzlies Kings game. So do not miss that for anything. I promise you guys will enjoy that and something you guys will not want to miss. You regret it. Remember guys, you can find us on social media everywhere. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We got the YouTube going up. And guys, with that being said, that's all I got. And, yeah, I'm going to be watching the Phoenix Suns on Tuesday, probably. Um, I'm just going to be watching those two games. It's going to be very exciting. And, guys, that's all I got. I cannot be hyping up anything else, and I cannot be uh, discrediting anything else. That's all I got. That's all I got. Remember, those mock trades will be coming now, and I'm just going to be signing off now. And with my favorite words to end the podcast episode, peace out, y'all.